Hello, climbers. Welcome to another episode of the Climbing Business Journal podcast. I'm John Bergman. I'm the senior editor at CBJ, and I'm hosting this one. And we are talking industry trade shows today. Specifically, today's guest is Travis Williams. Travis and his wife founded Stoked Climbing, which, as the Stoked website says, is a company based on the products that make you love climbing. So think stoked volumes, which you might have climbed on. Think stoked shirts, which you might have seen people wearing. Think stoked hoodies. But more the focus of today's show is the Indoor Climbing Expo, or ICE, as you might see it written in shorthand, which is an upcoming industry trade show that Travis has also founded. I think it's probably not even fully accurate to call it just a trade show. It will be, from the sound of it, a festival, a, a gathering. So whatever we want to call it, it's going to be held in Tennessee at the Chattanooga Convention Center from December 13th through the 16th, 2023. CBJ is actually going to be the official media partner for the expo. So I figured, why not circle up with Travis on a podcast episode to talk a little more about the expo and about who will be there and who should be there, which means you, if you're listening to this, you probably would really dig attending this thing. So let me run through some ads here, just a couple brands that help keep this podcast going, and then we will get right into it. My conversation with Travis Williams of Stoked and the Indoor Climbing Expo. Essential Climbing is a new name for a group of brands that have served climbers, gyms, and home walls for decades. They distribute premium quality polyurethane holds manufactured at Aragon, import fiberglass macros and wood volumes, have a line of patented adjustable walls, and even design and install custom climbing walls and padded floors. Their brands include Kumiki, Everactive, Expression, Squadra, Lapis, and Axis. Learn more at EssentialClimbing.com. Vertical Solutions leads the evolution of rock climbing gyms through their passion for climbing and tangible artistry. They proudly produce walls, floors, holds from multiple brands, and offer consultation. Through superior craftsmanship and unparalleled aesthetics, Vertical Solutions pushes the boundaries of what a climbing gym can be, bringing exceptional projects to life from start to finish. Learn more at vsclimbinggyms.com. Travis, thank you for coming on to the Climbing Business Journal podcast. I want to actually start with a fun story. A couple of weeks ago, I was taking a road trip and I was passing through Tennessee. And I, the person I was with, we pulled into one of those roadside rest areas and we went in and got drinks at the vending machine, some snacks and stuff. And then we went around to a little kiosk and we grabbed a free roadside map, a map of Tennessee, and we grabbed a free travel guide, got back in our car and continued driving. And a couple miles down the road, the person I was with was flipping through the travel guide and there was an ad or a little write-up about the indoor climbing expo. And the person turned to me and said, Oh, Hey, do you know about this, this indoor climbing expo? It sounds really cool. It sounds like it's going to be a, a big thing. And I, 
I turned to him, I said, well, so it's actually funny you mentioned that because I'm going to be interviewing the the guy who started it in just a in just a couple of weeks. So all of that wow. is to say, I, I think Buzz is building for this thing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of hype for for this. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I I agree, and I'd like to know what magazine that was in because I don't, I didn't facilitate that at all. <laughs> I, whatever magazine is given out for free at the Tennessee rest area. Oh, okay, so yeah, I, so I have been working with the. Uh, the tourism board here. Um, so she, one of the, the ladies that works there has been very helpful and she knows what's going on. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, she's doing good work. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. Help me connect the dots a little bit because you founded Stoked Climbing, which sells a lot of stuff, some soft goods, some chalk bags, some clothing, t-shirts, and also sells volumes. And so how does someone go from selling that stuff to starting a a climbing industry trade show. Okay, you're sending me conflicting messages because you said we only had 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm bad at making long story short. Uh, so I think we just owning those businesses. So it's actually me and my wife, Kimberly Stoked is uh, the capital T and K is Travis and Kimberly and our logo is actually a T and a K put together. Um, and so she runs the software, I, I do the volumes. And so just really going to, um, like CWA summit and meeting other, uh, small businesses and even bigger businesses and making those connections through the years. Uh, and then, yeah, just having good relationships. And then the timing was right. Uh, a few of the, the exhibitors that you typically go to CWA were hoping for, um, something a little different and they backed the idea and uh when i first initially had it like last october september october and yeah so once they said yeah we'll support you i decided to go all in and and push for it so yeah that's kind of how it came about when you say that people were wanting a trade show that was something a little different can you expound on that what do you mean what were they what were they wanting that was different from what the other trade shows were offering I think one of the big things is having a, a location that stays the same when it comes to the exhibitor side of things. And then also uh, somehow drawing a different crowd um, because CWA, Summit, um, OR, those, those are great, but they have the tendency to bring the same people together, which is good for like catching up and all that. But like, how do we actively chase new individuals coming and so uh i think that and then also allowing uh, an easier uh access to to some of the the things that are available for exhibitors and so like coming to chattanooga has really helped us because uh they call it like a, a little big city and it really is like it's really big there's a lot of people here but you can go and talk to anyone at any business. You can go to like the tourism board, the city council and like talk to these individuals and get things done. Whereas um, in bigger cities, uh, I was as I was scoping out different locations to go, it was just a, a lot more red tape and harder to 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 deal with and a lot more to 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 facilitate for them. Whereas like Chattanooga is facilitating for us. So 
uh, there's just a lot of good things that, that came about and um, it'll allow us to do what we need to do for our exhibitors. Tell me a little bit more about that red tape, because I I, I, I want to know what even goes into putting together an expo, a trade show. I feel like that would be a pretty monumental task. So can you walk me through that? I mean, I assume the process is still ongoing, but I'd, I'd be all. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Um, so one of the biggest things that you have to consider is when you're coming to a convention center or a, a place that, that will host something like this is they want to know what you're going to bring in as terms of uh, tourism dollars, uh, how many people are coming. Uh, they want to know all these things and you have to give them pretty hard numbers. And this is year one for us. So how do we do that? Like we, we can um, look at what goes on with some of the other trade shows, uh, even like the trade show that have halls and walls that happens in Germany. Um, and those numbers aren't really that big. You're talking about maybe a thousand people, maybe push that a little bit. Um, and most cities are like, that's nothing like <laughs> who cares? Um, but yeah, so I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, is trying to get venue space when you have something that's new, um, isn't, you can't go to them and be like, Hey, this is what happened in the last three years. Um, this is what we're going to bring to your city. These are uh, the typical, you know, per attendee dollars spent in your city, uh, stuff like that is that's the biggest thing. Uh, I would say. So a lot of people listening to this, or most people are people that are in the climbing industry. Either they work at a gym or they own a gym or they work at a, a hold shaping company or they're a route setter. So tell me what your vision is for this expo. Uh, who should be interested in attending this thing? Who should be interested in uh, being maybe a vendor at this thing? Uh, kind of tell me a little bit about how you how you kind of visualize this going going down yeah uh pretty easy everyone <laughs> if you climb come on out uh and so that's what we're doing like right now we have a lot of uh you know business uh professionals signed up to come um and we're now we're starting to really focus now on uh just just climbers uh consumers and so we want we want we want everyone there uh, like we're even uh, working with the city to provide a space for sprinter vans to come out and park and for free and like camp. Uh, and even if they don't, you know, if these climbers don't end up coming to the expo, at least they'll be here climbing in Chattanooga and maybe their friends will come and hang out and then they'll go to the expo. And so we're trying to bring in more of a, a, a B to C side of things uh, for, for the expo floor, uh, which isn't always it, it dilutes. Uh, the attendee, you know, base a little bit for some of the companies that are, are used to going to, to some of the other shows. Uh, but my thought is, is you can have a dirtbag climber come out and see your product and think it's the coolest thing ever. And then he's out, you know, belaying a CEO of this company or this, you know, this person. And word of mouth is still one of the best things I think available uh, to businesses. And I think it's coming back around, like more people want to know, like the company that's behind a product and like, who are the people running it? What are their values? And so I think just having those, uh, we, uh, relationships, having those conversations, even with someone who's not going to buy your product is valuable. And so I'm trying to bring that to the expo Four, 
And then also, if we can manage that, it'll allow us to bring in some of the brands that have gotten away from doing your trip, typical trade show events, uh, like some of the rope brands, some of the shoe brands, uh, just because uh, for the dollars that they spend, they can put that into other advertising that's more, uh, it has more ROI on it. But if we can get more just general climbers coming, then they can see value in, in showing up at a trade show like this. And so if they show up, then that just means there's cooler things that can happen for us as far as an uh, expo. Uh, and then what goes on in the city too, as far as after parties, stuff like that, things that these brands can bring to Chattanooga and just make this thing really cool. And so that's that's our focus right now is get more just climbers coming uh, and some more of those brands that would uh, benefit from having climbers come in. And one of the things we're trying to do is set up uh, like if you spend any money on the expo floor, you'll get into a raffle for different things. And we have uh, a lot of brands already donating things for that raffle. Uh, we haven't exactly figured out, you know, if you spend this dollar amount or whatever it is to, to for your raffle tickets. But that's the thing is like, how do we convince some of these uh, rope brands, shoe brands to come and, and spend some dollars on the expo floor and, and see value in that. So we're hoping we can manage to do that in the next four or five months. Yeah. You said something in there. You said that brands are coming back around to this idea of person to person word of mouth coming back around meaning, do you mean, uh, is that a, a post pandemic thing or do you mean even broader than that? It's kind of like maybe some of that went away in the past decade or so, right, with internet, social media, and stuff like that. Can you explain a little bit what you mean when you say brands are coming back around to wanting that word of mouth face-to-face? -face? Yeah, and this is just my limited perspective of things. You know, I'm not, uh, I don't see everything that happens. Uh, but yeah, I think, I don't, maybe the pandemic helped it uh, to like reevaluate, you know, what we're doing and like dollars got a little tighter. so you know, how, how do we be better about spending our funds? Uh, but then I think you were limited on what you could do during the pandemic with uh, socialization. So uh, yeah, maybe like we tried a few things and it worked out really well, you know, for dollars spent and what, what you got back. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe that did help, but I think just in general, like the, the new, this newer generation is like really hands-on, like what things feel like, like uh, interactive. And you just can't have that through social media. Like social media now is just a swipe thing and like loading your brain with visual images. And uh, I'm not good at that. So like, let's just meet up and talk and then maybe you'll like me and you'll buy my product. <laughs> and I've seen it work. I've seen it work for us. So I think, um, even if there's brands that are like on the fence about that idea, I think if they come and they experience it, it'll, it'll happen. I don't, I don't think it's my personal belief is it's not dead. It's alive. Is it fair to say then that maybe your expo is attempting to target, I'm not saying exclusively target, but attempting to target a generation, maybe a younger generation that has maybe not been targeted as much in like previous trade shows that have been put together yeah i think so i think um but even me like i'm old and like i want to do some of these like things that we're planning for the expo floor just to have uh 
I mean, I do have, I don't hold attention very well. So uh, that's helpful. But I think a lot of us are that way. Like, let's have some interesting stuff going on. Like, let's get psyched. Uh, One of the reasons, so having things on the expo floor that uh, kind of generate that that good feeling, like happiness, joy, uh, just from doing fun things will uh, ultimately convert into our conversations and our interactions with those while we're trying to do business. Uh, and that's kind of the similar thought of putting it in Chattanooga of where there's so much climbing and having it at noon, not like 10 or something like that, where uh, you can go out and climb in the morning and then still come at noon to five and like uh, do other things that will, you know, go out, climb something, send something, be psyched and you come to the floor and, you know, it affects your conversations. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of like our thought process is have as many people in the climbing industry come out, have a good time, get psyched, and then see where, where it takes us as far as an industry. You know, like have as many businesses as possible so we could get visibility out there of what we're doing. Because ultimately, sometimes we come down to like, oh, you know, I'm against this company, I'm against this company, I'm against this company. And, it, and it's true. But we can all grow together as well. Like, Things tend to work out better if you focus on yourself, do what you do better, and then grow the industry. Whereas if we keep limiting, you know, this gym from buying another vendor's product, it it just turns into a thing where we're not we're not promoting growth, right? At all. Like you're limiting growth. Like what if they bring in this product and it sells, but then like it's possible that you could sell a little bit more too, because now there's there's an option there. Like if, if someone only sees one option for chalk at a gym, it's like, I don't want one option. I'm going to go online and check out like what's available. But if you have three or four options, like then maybe I'll just buy it here. And then I have the, the decision to see in my hand what I want. And if you have the best product, then you're going to do better. So uh, I, I think that's my goal is to get as many businesses together. Uh, out there talked about and i think it'll help us thrive as an industry because we're we already are when it comes to the gym side of things and like the money that's being put into the industry uh but now we need to catch up as businesses i think and i think when people think of trade shows industry trade shows for climbing that of course they're going to think of the cwa summit and a big part halls and walls and a big part of those trade shows has been roundtable discussions, uh, presentations. Is that going to be a part of the Indoor Climbing Expo? Those types of uh, kind of gatherings where you're really given sometimes pretty hefty, detailed information in a half hour or hour long session. Yeah, for sure. Um, We definitely see the value in that. We don't want to try and be the other trade shows, but there is value there as far as like being able to convince a business to bring out their crew. Like what, what benefit is this to my business? Do you know what I mean? And so that's where the roundtables come in. We also think like the education aspect of it is good. Uh, starting discussions is good. So we will have roundtables uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before the expo starts at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. They're hour long. We're going to have panels of four to six individuals that are uh, know what they're talking about. 
uh, like we have one on USAC that's uh, one of the regional coordinators for this area. Uh, Roberta, she's going to take the lead on that. Um, and then we'll have like a route setter that is in setting up those things. And so like a lot of this, what I'm setting up, I have limited knowledge in, but if we can get professionals that know what they're doing, talking about it. And then what we're going to do is do like surveys and try and get some of the general questions that are out there. Um, and then address those in the round table and then have a about 40 minutes of that. And then about 15 minutes of Q and a, and then we're going to have on the expo floor, uh, when it starts at noon, we'll have a space where these roundtable uh, individuals that are taking the lead in it will be available to further that conversation. So we're hoping the roundtable will uh, answer some, you know, very important questions that are out there on everyone's minds, uh, and then start discussions that will linger into the day. Uh, and that's our goal with, with those. So it's a maybe a little bit different uh, format. But we're, that's what we're trying to do. We have like one on opening a gym. We have one on insurance, one on gym to crag programming, uh, sustainability, stuff like that. That is topics that we're all interested in uh, and hopefully have professionals that will will be able to answer some of the questions that don't always get answered. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been in that situation, maybe attending other trade shows and you go to a panel discussion or you go to a presentation and you listen and maybe there's some good information. But then afterwards, you go with people, whether it's to the gym or maybe you go out to eat or maybe you go to the bar or whatever, and you continue talking about whatever that the panel discussion was about. And you realize, wow, well, actually... What we've discussed here in the bar or in the restaurant or at the gym, this is really where the good stuff has come from. It's it's come from this conversation after the fact, after the presentation. And so it sounds like you are kind of taking that idea and hoping people will will roll with it and run with it outside of the presentations and all that stuff that's around Chattanooga to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and having someone that's in that roundtable available, you know, uh, after, after the roundtable will allow for if there was any confusion, you know, and so then you'll have particular people who are really uh, focused and interested can go clarify that and then they'll, they'll educate us all later. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Chattanooga climbing scene, because I'm sure some people, I'm sure a lot of people listening have been to Chattanooga, maybe some people haven't. Maybe some people haven't been to Chattanooga recently. And so I would love to hear about what it was about the climbing scene there that got you really excited and, and thinking this would be the city, the perfect place for this expo. Yeah, so I'm super limited on that as far as knowledge of the climbing scene around here. Uh, I've worked with High Point and Synergy as far as gyms go and some of the, the route setters that work here and climb around here. I have a buddy uh, who owns Capital Climbing, Chris. He's taken me to um, just south of here in Georgia is uh, Rocktown, something like that. And that's I've been there several times and he was my guide. and That, that place is awesome. That's mostly what I know, bouldering over there. Um, but if you do a quick search on the area, if you look on Mountain Project, if you talk to anyone in the gym, they were like spit out three or four places like that are that's easily accessible. Um, 
there's you know all all the types of climbing that you want here bouldering sport trad like it, it's all here uh and it's all within 30 to 60 minutes like it's very accessible and there's so much climbing um that we're trying our best not to like overwhelm these climbing areas we're working with the sec to to make sure that we can not overwhelm some of the smaller climbing areas and try and focus you know where we're going to have visitors go that aren't familiar with the area like if you're familiar you go do your thing but we're gonna have a lot of climbers coming into town so uh we're working with them to to help educate us as far as the climbing and then um hopefully they'll be able to help us with not necessarily uh like guided tours but like take you out show you the the crag and then they have to leave and then you can decide if you want to climb there or not just uh so it's uh, not a guided tour and then there's a few just a few people around here that do do guided tours so we'll try and facilitate that a little bit as far as just having links to to that um but yeah so it's just it's just so much climbing so close uh easy to get to uh which there's a few areas like that in the the states that has you know a a, a bigger x venue spot and a lot of climbing but one of the the main stats that got me when I was looking around at venue spaces is that uh, Chattanooga is within a day's driving distance for uh, half the U.S. population. And so that was like, oh, that, that's easy. The, the only downside to Chattanooga so far that I've found is that the airport is smaller. And so typically, most flights, you're going to have a layover somewhere. Uh, you're going to pay a little bit more for that flight. Uh, but we do have Nashville which is two hours away. And we have Georgia, uh, Atlanta, which is right under two hours away that are very easy to fly to, very cheap to fly to. Um, it would just have to facilitate getting that, that tour trap trip, maybe renting a car or something like that. Um, so I think that's the only downside for, for, you know, exhibitors and attendees as far as getting here, but like, Okay, I'm, never mind. I'm gonna stop because I'll just keep going on. <laughs> no, this is all good stuff. I, I, one of the things you mentioned the, the downside there, which isn't much of a downside. I think a lot of people, if they've traveled for climbing trips, are certainly used to <laughs> staying in or having to transfer in small airports and 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 all of that. What has been on your end? What has been the most challenging part of putting this all together? Because it sounds like it has been a uh, multifaceted process in terms of reaching out to brands, reaching out to businesses, working with the city, getting to know the the restaurant scene, the airports, all that. What's been the biggest the biggest challenge, the hardest part? I think just making connections with brands that I don't know personally. Um, I've had good success so far, but um, some of the bigger brands that are owned by you know holding companies, stuff like that. It's hard to get to who's going to make that decision to come out. Uh, and so that's just been the process. And I think um, I've seen where I've reached out to some of these companies and no response. And then they've heard about the expo from someone else. And then they're reaching out to me um, and getting information. So uh, that's what I've been focusing on. Like I still reach out if I see a new brand, then I'm like, oh, that would be cool to have them on the expo floor. Uh, 
But otherwise, my focus now is really just get the word out and get people talking about it. And then that'll get the interest of others. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, it, it, I wish there was something harder that <laughs> has happened that I could, like, it's, it, so far it's been going well. Um, yeah, I think my biggest concern for myself is putting enough of the right people in the right places so that the, the week of the event, I'm just putting out fires or uh, not having workload myself. Uh, and I think I've been doing a pretty good job of that so far. And so just trying to, because I always take on too much. That's like my MO, like for sure. Uh, so that's my biggest concern, I think. So let's help the brands out or the people out if they're listening to this. Again, the Indoor Climbing Expo, it's at Chat at the Chattanooga Convention Center in Tennessee, December 13th to the 16th. Brands and people and route setters and gym owners and managers, anybody listening to this, as you said, anybody that's a climber would would love being a part of this. How can those people find out more information about this event? Where can they go if they want to get registered to, to be there? What can they do? Give the give the details there. Okay. Let's see. So first off, it'd be awesome if you could follow us on Instagram, uh, Indoor Climbing Expo. And then uh, our website is IndoorClimbingExpo.com. So you can go there, find out some details. We are working on that. It's kind of just a placeholder website that will directly link you to our registration path. Um, but there's enough details there for you to find uh, hotel pricing. Uh, you can book a hotel at our, our discounted rate. Um, and uh yeah register there right now registration for the four days is a hundred dollars up it'll uh slightly increase as we get closer uh ultimately being 150 dollars for the four days uh we are going to be working with some athletes to to support us and to support them so basically <clears throat> uh maybe keep an eye out for a promo code that'll save you 20 dollars off and it'll actually pay the athlete uh the same uh, so, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Maybe wait to support one of them uh, or go ahead and register now and, and get set up to come out because we'll we'll have lots of fun. Don't you worry. Travis, thanks for coming on the show and sharing some more about this. I, I am looking forward to this because I think any opportunity, any additional opportunities for industry collaboration and like you said, that face to face, that meet up, that grassroots type of uh, relationships that you can build with other people in the industry that tends to be always really enjoyable and really beneficial. So this will be fun to, we have a couple months here that people can still uh, get registered and get involved in stuff. And so I wish you all the best as it goes forward. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Thanks to Travis Williams for coming onto the podcast. As he said, you can find more info about the expo, including how to get registered to attend at indoorclimbingexpo.com. In terms of Climbing Business Journal content, that's all at climbingbusinessjournal.com. But take a sec to find Climbing Business Journal on YouTube because we have been uploading a lot of the previous podcast episodes there. And we've also been posting some snippets from some webinars that we've been doing. Give us a follow on social media too. We love hearing from you there. And that's all for now. 
Again, I'm John Bergman. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.